Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi everyone, there's no new episode this week, but while I'm here, I'd like to recommend some of the fiction I've been thinking about and taking back down from my bookshelves right now. Because there's a lot going on, and like a lot of other white people, I'm trying to find ways to be helpful to the Black Lives Matter movement without necessarily sucking the air out of the room. Um, so ultimately, I don't know what it's like to experience racism. I don't know what it's like to live in America. I don't know what it's like to exist without the many, many privileges I do as a white woman. But I do know good fiction, and a lot of you have taken my recommendations in the past, so I thought you might like to take them now. You know, I think that fiction can sometimes be unfairly classed as being an escapist activity. And I obviously just don't agree with that. I just think that when you read a piece of fiction written by someone, you aren't just getting the facts of their existence, but you're getting the entire inner walls of their imagination. And not just how they see the world, but how they see the world like filtered through a certain genre or filtered through a certain idea. And I think that can be just so much more illuminating than facts sometimes for me. So I thought I'd just run through a few recommendations. Alright, so Heads of the Coloured People is a short story collection by Nefissa Thompson Spires. It came out, I think, two years ago, and it is so unapologetically weird, and it focuses on this cast of black characters all living in America. You know, Some of them are sort of working in academia, some of them are just fans of anime, but they're all sort of threaded together by their experiences of race. It, it, it's such a funny and unusual and in many places devastating book. There's one short story that I'm thinking about in particular that is right at the beginning of the collection. It's called Four Fancy Sketches, Two Chalk Lines and No Apology. And it's about basically a skirmish that happens between two black men. One of them is like on his way to an anime convention, if I remember correctly. Um, and the other is like trying to sell his zine. It's like two very unusual characters, two very specific characters. And there is a interaction with them that leads in both of their death. And it's such an unusual and such a bracing story. And I think about it constantly. I really, really recommend the short story collection. Another book that I read a couple of years ago and I found so transporting was Kindred by Octavia E. Butler. Now, Kindred is kind of a cult classic. It is a book about a woman in the 1970s who uh, she's moving in with her white boyfriend, Kevin, and um, she's going through their books one day as they're moving into this new apartment. And without explanation, she time travels back to the plantation south where she has to live as a slave. And she keeps being pulled back in time with no explanation. And every time she's pulled back in time, she's put in the position of having to save the life of a white slave owner. And she, as the narrative goes on, she realizes that this white slave owner is one of her ancestors. And in order for her to exist at all, she has to keep saving this like repugnant person's life. And it is just, oh, it's such good read. It, and when I, when I said at the beginning of this about like how when you 
see the facts of something through a, a genre like this. Like in this case, it's quite kind of sci-fi or fantasy. It's like very much about time travel. Um, but when viewed through this lens, it becomes such a powerful story. And like the, the, the queen of this, the queen of like feeding real world events through a kind of magical or supernatural or sci-fi lens is Toni Morrison. She died very recently and I've seen a lot of people recommend her books again, which is, you know, a tragedy that she's passed on, but so great that people are reading her books even more again. Um, I've seen a lot of people recommend Beloved, which I absolutely adored. Beloved's a very famous book. It's like a ghost story about the plantation south once again, but another book by her that I don't see recommended as much, but I think it's just fantastic. It's called Song of Solomon. And it's all, it also kind of deals with this magical realism thing. With Beloved was a ghost story. This feels more, I don't know, set in a kind of, um, yeah, in a magical realist world, like similar to a Haruki Murakami or that kind of thing, where it's about black masculinity. It's about how black men relate to one another in America. It's about how black men parent one another and how they're brothers to one another. But it's also just about this phenomenon that Toni Morrison had heard from relatives herself, which is the phenomenon of black men suddenly taking wings and flying. And that's something that literally happens in this book. And it's just an incredibly powerful book. I read it when I was like 20 and I return to it a lot. It is a beautiful, beautiful story. Uh, another short story collection I wanted to recommend was by Renison Okoje, who is a British Nigerian author whose latest book, Nudie Branch. Um, I actually heard her read from it at an event about six months ago and she not only is she this fantastic reader such an impassioned speaker but like her stories are so incredibly weird like I remember very clearly um she read this story about a tailor who made these dresses for women that like stuck to their skin and started harming them and I just remember being in that room and the hair sticking up on my arms and thinking Oh my God, this girl is such a talent. So Orenison Nakoje, Nudie Branches in her latest book. Try and seek that out if you can. Um, Kylie Reed, Such a Fun Age, is a book that's gotten a lot of attention this year and for really good reasons. It's so much fun. It's so compulsive. And I hate this word. It's very urgent. I, I never know what people mean by the word urgent. I think they just mean relevant, which means, you know, about life. But it, it's um, the story of these kind of cast of characters living in Philadelphia. And one of them is a black nanny who is accused of kidnapping the white child that she looks after one evening in a Whole Foods. And it is about the kind of slow unfurling of, of events of what happens after there. Uh, it's, oh my God, it's one of the most compulsive books. I felt like when I was reading it that I was reading like a Stephen King book because it was just like sitting bolt upright in bed, just like licking your thumbs, turning the pages, like, oh my God, how is this going to turn out? Kylie Reed, such a fun age. I can't believe this book is a debut and it makes me sick that it is because it makes me think of how shitty mine is. The last book I want to recommend is actually by a white author, but one that I think is an important and uncomfortable read for white women in particular. It's called Property by Valerie Martin. I read it as part of the Women's Prize podcast this year and it tells the story of Manon, a woman who is a slave owner in the plantation south and who at the beginning of the novel is absolutely horrified by the sadistic way her husband treats the people he enslaves. 
she Manon fixates on one woman in particular called Sarah who he abuses and it begins their relationship in sort of jealousy and resentment despite the fact that Sarah has no choice over the relationship she's forced to have with this man and then as the novel goes on it morphs into something even darker I found it really striking because I think when you read a book like this as a white woman you have this hope that because they're both women and because they're both being victimized by the patriarchy that they'll somehow like find a way to come together and you know take down the bad man side by side and needless to say this is not what happens in this twisted way Manon feels like she is the victim of Sarah's behavior and it becomes a much bigger book about the nature of complicity and how different categories of oppressed people don't automatically assume a partnership and how it is the job of white women to look at how they can be in a partnership and not a hierarchy. Um, There's also a bunch of stuff on my reading list that I haven't got to yet. Uh, Jasmine Guillory is somebody who I'm really keen to cover on the podcast soon. Ella has been recommending her to me for ages. Uh, Bernadine Evaristo, Girl, Woman, Other is a book that everybody has read except for me and I'm really excited to read it but it's one of those things where you know when everybody's talking about a book and you find it really hard to get into it because you think like I want to wait for the noise to clear so then I can get into something that could be very immature of me I don't know um and that's kind of it for book recommendations and book thoughts at the moment um I'm also going to just list a few charities I know there's a lot of bail funds in America that a lot of people are donating to and I think that's incredible But I thought I would just give some light to some of the UK charities that are still struggling to fight racism in this country. So um, UK Black Lives Matter, and they have a GoFundMe going at the moment uh, to raise £500,000. They're just halfway over their target. So donating to them could make so much of a difference right now. Um, Exist Loudly Fund is a charity to support queer black people. And I think, you know, we're, we're in the middle of this moment for black rights, but we're also going into Pride Month. And we have to remember that, you know, intersectionality people, there are a lot of queer black people there who need our help. There's SARI, the Stand Against Racism and Inequality. And also there's just so many volunteering opportunities that I think that we should all think more about availing of. Um, I've been doing a lot of reading and research in the last few days about austerity and how it disproportionately affected non-white communities in the UK in ways that we're still seeing now. Um, I live in Lewisham, for example, and the number of stabbings and violent crimes here are huge and terrible and also not something that affects me. And it is this weird parallel universe feeling sometimes to be in this neighborhood where so many young black men are being killed and I never have to think about how that threat will affect me. And part of the reason why that happens is because during austerity, so many after-school programs, so many programs that um, were mediation systems to both keep kids out of gangs and to mediate problems between gangs that were working. They were curbing knife crime hugely that during austerity words it was thrown out. Um, it's really worth reading up on these things, on the very specific ways in which UK racism is allowed to thrive and what has been helped by the various Tory governments over the years. There's, you know, there's no easier way to say it than that. Um, but there are like a ton of volunteering opportunities. You know, you can 
there's going to be so many kids after this, after the pandemic is over, who will have fallen behind with their schoolwork. And that is going to be a barrier between them and opportunities. And if you can even join a volunteering charity in your area where you just sit in the library for an afternoon a week, like helping someone go through their homework because maybe their parents work and they can't, they don't really have anybody else to go through it with them. There is girl guiding. There's so many opportunities for you to get involved with the young people who are more likely to become depressing statistics. And I really urge you to do everything you can and to look as close to home as you can. So yeah, I'm going to stop sucking up all that air in that room now. <laughs> and um, I, yeah, I, I'm not on social media at the moment. I'm kind of taking a break from all of that. But um, please email me if you have any other charities you want me to look at, volunteering opportunities, you know, any books you want to recommend. And for all of these books as well, like you could... You could sort of do a double hit on doing a good thing if you ordered all of these books from independent booksellers who are really struggling during the pandemic. Okay, that's it from me. Uh, I'm going to put all of these recommendations and charities into the show notes. Uh, once again, my email is zaralineodonoghue at gmail.com. And please get in touch. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 